it's all about fresh starts. And so that's what my story and my life is. It's the fresh start and getting good at it. It's not about how do I make all of the money all of the time or how am I the prettiest person in the room or the best wife or the best mom? Because that's going to waver all the time. Plot twist. It's about how to get good at starting over. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller podcast. We just finished three days for a retreat at my house and it was such a beautiful experience and I really feel so uplifted. My heart was so shattered over the last month with so much pain and I just felt so rejuvenated to be with such a loving group of women who just brought us all back to life, each one in their own unique way. Incredible woman flew in from Australia. Another incredible woman flew in from the UK. There were women from all over the States and it was so beautiful. We really let go of all this stuff that we all hold that just gets in our way and weighs us down and keeps us from being connected to God, from being connected to who we are, from being authentic. It was just amazing. And uh, if you want to get on the wait list for our next retreat, you can DM me on Instagram. We put up a wait list uh, this week and we already have 49 people on it. So we will be sending out the link to sign up for the next retreat, which is going to be February 4th through 6th at my house in Los Angeles. If you want to be a part of that and you want to have this mystical experience, you can uh, get on the wait list. So just DM me for more details. And also we're looking forward to meeting up in the quilt. We meet once a week. And some of the women are already in that membership. But if you want to spend some time with us, you can go to kathyheller.com slash quilt and meet with us every single week for coaching and meditation and this incredible sacred sisterhood every week at kathyheller.com slash quilt. Today, the awesome Nicole Walters is here for a second time. She is an amazing person. She's a CEO. She's an income and business strategist. She's an entrepreneur. She's a speaker. She's a podcaster. Now she's a New York Times bestselling author as well. Last month, she released her book, Nothing is Missing, a memoir of living boldly, which is all about her incredible journey of going from burnout and a life-threatening health crisis and a major reckoning in her business and marriage to the discovery that she was worthy all along of the life of her dreams. It's a really powerful story about what it takes to show up for yourself and live authentically and find the joy that can come once you do. Go get yourself a copy and you can listen to Nicole's awesome podcast, the Nicole Walters podcast, where she talks about how to pursue a life of purpose, her own personal stories, and answers listeners' questions about life, business, and everything in between. Nicole is such a beautiful human being. She's adorable. She's vulnerable. She's funny. And she's wise. And she's been through so much. And she is really inspiring others to forge ahead with such resilience. I love talking with her for a second time. And this time, we actually recorded it in person at my house. Meeting her and her daughter who is here together in person was such a lovely treat, and it's great to have her as a friend. There are so many gems in this episode, so let's get into it. Without further ado, please welcome the remarkable Nicole Walters. Nicole, I'm so happy that you're here. So happy. I can't believe I'm here. People don't know that we've known each other. Yeah. And we have a friendship, but it's like finally sitting down and chatting. Yeah, and in real life. Knows. It's IRL. It's time. The internet. The internet. It's a strange thing. I feel like you are so singular in the way that you 
create immediate intimacy with people. So the internet is really designed at its best. Yes. It the way like you it do it. Oh, thank you. It's, it's so unique to you though. I appreciate that. People always tell me that they feel like they've known me for a long time, yeah. but it's because I walk around literally, I say this to my kids, it's so annoying. I may not have met my best friend yet. Like if you think about so it, sweet. you can literally meet someone today, know them for 20, 30 years, and they're the most important person in your life and in your children's life, and you don't even know them yet. So it's why, like, when I meet people, I'm like, oh, my God, could this be my next best friend? I mean, it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like your fiance. It's like, right. and I love that idea that, like, the best chapters and the best things are still yet to be written. To be that, I like, love that. Literally, like, you could go I to the market that. tomorrow and meet the person who's going to be, like, the most transformative. Yeah. So anytime we talk, it's like, oh, my God, this is my new best friend. I love that. Well, I'm not surprised that you've been as successful as you continue to just be because I think the most impressive thing in the world is love and vulnerability. And not everybody has the courage to show up like that. And I know you've been on our podcast before, but it was a while ago. And for anyone who's been living under a rock or near a rock and doesn't know, I think it's an interesting thing before we get into this beautiful, brave, Brave book. Um, I want them to know a little bit about the journey of what we even just said. Like, you literally made a zillion friends, engaged friends in the social media sphere. Mm -hmm. How did you do that? Sure. So it's great to be back. First and foremost, I love and appreciate you so much for always holding space for me and others. That's like your jam. So I love that about you. Thank you for seeing that. Yeah, thank you. So um, last time we were here, we were just kind of talking. I think we're really just like talking about business and life. Like it was truly the definition of sit in the room with your girlfriends and grab a glass of wine. Let's chat. And I said the dumbest thing because I didn't. Yes, I'll tell you what it was. (laughs) I said to you, Nicole, oh, my God. You should have your own TV show. You didn't say that. And you're like, interested. And it was like about to be announced. I felt so smart oh, that no, I was like discovering it. It was like, Nicole, you should be, oh my God. And you're like, mm-hmm. and then like five seconds later, I was like, I carried a watermelon. That yeah. scene in Dirty Dancing. Like, why did I say that? It was so obvious. Like, no, but it was perfect. It was hilarious. And then you did have your own show. Yeah, you're intuitively aware of things. It's just so yeah. obvious that the whole world needs this oh my and wants gosh. to wash it and be around it. You so I said industry. that. You know, there's a type. You know, put on the planet. That's all I know. It's like when somebody has depth and empathy, you go, huh? Oh my god. So yes. you put your depth and empathy out there for people to see i yeah. feel like what's the story you broke on periscope sure. i, I want to just hear the whole story okay. on all the things but. sure sure just in case anyone's new to all this so um i've been on social media forever and a lot of people don't know this but i started off blogging about hair and i talk about that in my book nothing is missing i'm today's day old <laughs> today's day old you're finding out i started off blogging about hair i um and you'll appreciate this because this is very much your speed I decided I wanted to learn how to live my life with unencumbered by chemicals and people telling me what I needed to do. So I cut all my hair off and I started tracking, growing it back naturally without products or anything. And I had a whole brand called Natural Nicole, where I tracked what products I use and different hairstyles I discover. And this is only relevant because how many of us have said we need to shed everything that's old in order to embrace what's new, right? I didn't realize that at the time. And how many times after I would need to do a fresh start. And that's what this book is all about. It's all about fresh starts. And so that's what my story and my life is. It's 
the fresh start and getting good at it. It's not about how do I make all of the money all of the time or how am I the prettiest person in the room or the best wife or the best mom because that's going to waver all the time. Plot twist. It's about how to get good at starting over. And so that's what my life's been. I mean, my nervous system just (laughs) lights up. Yeah. You know, when you talk about really walking into Mm -hmm. the unknown. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. the truth Mm -hmm. is that we all can't control our life journey. Not at all. As much as our fear wants us to control Absolutely. it. And that is so true what you just said. It's it's about mm-hmm. learning to get good at stepping into like. And, you know, and you understand because, you know, we talk. So, you know, my whole life yeah. craziness. And for people who are just picking up, I mean, where I can start and where most people have heard is, you know, I started on Periscope, which is, you know, Twitter isn't even Twitter anymore. (laughs) So it was uh, Twitter's first live streaming platform before Facebook and before Instagram and all these other live platforms. And I was on there sharing business strategy, but it was business strategy from my blog because my blog was monetized. I was never the most popular or the biggest followers, but I was generating revenue because I had that intention when I built it. And I was doing that on the side and I went on Periscope and I just started sharing those business strategies as well. And uh, within five months, I made $750,000 from zero with no debt, no investors, and really just taking people in one by one to show them what I was doing in corporate. So it was a big deal. But what was happening offline was a bigger deal. And that's really what this book dives into. It's color behind all the black and white of what people have read in captions. I mean, I can't even believe nothing is missing. It comes out October 10th. First of all, crazy. You just, this is like such a picture of a person (laughs) who walked themselves home to themselves. Don't make me cry because that is, I mean, you obviously know a lot of my journey. So I think the place that I always like to start where I think is really important, it's my purpose, my kids. Gosh, it's been almost 10 years now, believe it or not. But 10 years ago, I met my three girls on the side of the street in Baltimore when their mother was panhandling, you know, asking for a meal. And within 30 days, she was incarcerated for addiction issues. And I ended up taking custody of all three girls. And 10 years later, I now have an 11-year-old, a 21-year-old, and a 24-year-old. So it's been an incredible journey. But during that time, In those 10 years, we have done potty training. We have done kindergarten. We have done stage four cancer recovery for my middle one. She's fine, thank God. Um, And my 24-year-old is now a year sober and in recovery. So, and oh, and I got divorced. So life has had its highs and lows, some of which people have watched on our TV show on USA Network and some have heard in my podcast. But this book is kind of, an opportunity for people to understand why I don't look like what I've been through. I mean, it's impossible to sit and really listen with my whole heart and not cry because it's so beautiful and so courageous. And my rabbi said to me a couple months ago, he said, every day people get overwhelmed because they think that on some level they are meant to change the world. Mm. And then they go back into the covers because they feel like, how could I, how could little me? Too big. Yeah. But what if God's really asking us to change the world for one person every day? That's so good. And he goes, because that we can do. Mm -hmm. And when you 
tell that story about meeting three little kids. My babies. <laughs> you change three worlds, which really the ripple effects, all the worlds they change. Okay. <laughs> like you, you're good. You proved your existence. <laughs> like, you're too I mean, it's insane on steroids. And then to think that you, I mean, you have your own journey. Sure, I've heard you sure. talk about like how you grew up. Yeah. And you guys like bootstrapping it. Oh, yeah. And like your dad's talks to you. I back know. Of the cab. My dad, the cab driver. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And that alone takes so much courage. Well, it's because people always say, Kathy, when they hear this story, they always say like, how could you do that? And not in a negative way, but like that is such an endeavor to take on, you know, and it feels like just like your rabbi was saying, you always have the most insightful feedback. It sounds like a really big thing. But when you hear my background and my story, you'll realize how we're all so similar and so capable of doing things that seem really big. They're just the next right thing. And we're actually very able. And oftentimes you get gummed down and feeling like, well, I don't have this piece or this won't be provided or I'm not ready. And the reality is the world rises to meet you. You know, God absolutely provides. And that was my experience with these girls. I could not look them in the face and not say, I'll figure it out. And I did. You know, you're one of the few people in this world who's actually met my girls because I don't bring them around just anybody. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you met my little one. Really such a big, big honor, especially given who you are. Like, I feel like you rattled off all of those things because they're your life. Yes, yes, but my babies. <laughs> most people can't even begin to process one of those things. Sure, you. Sure. It's almost like when God made you, He gave you like the strength of a thousand people. Because oh honestly, Nicole, it's you have a giant mission. Oh. And what's so cool is you raise your hand to do that mission. I don't. I scream. <laughs> I don't really? It, really? Like everyone, I cry in the pantry. I eat cheese in the parking lot at Target. I'm saying it's a real thing. I still wonder if my spanks are rolling down and I get pit stains. Like all of those things too. You know? Yes. Yes. But More I about do it. Highlight do that. It <laughs> so when you set out to write this book, mm-hmm. first of all, I just love the title and I started reading it and I couldn't not cry. It's one of those books. But what I love about it is you're okay. Yes. And yes. Then we know reading it, this girl, this is just the most beautiful Alice in Wonderland adventure <laughs> where no matter what you start to read as you read mm-hmm. the book, it actually gets better. Yeah, I appreciate that. I Thank can't you. even believe how willing you are to receive the blessing in your life right now. Because oh. so often we have such an upper limit <laughs> that you see people build things and then there's like this way in which they get sabotaged sure but what you've created in the most recent moment is actually it's so inspiring like tell everybody a little bit about so that we get the real big payoff of this beautiful love of your life what did it look like before you met him in the midst of it tell us because we've all been in those moments to some degree Mm -hmm. where were you Three years ago, two years ago, yeah, three years ago, in the yeah. world mm-hmm. when the sky was falling. Yeah, so I'll be really transparent, and it's easy to do that with you, you know, because uh, you are so generous with everything you do. But two, three years ago, I was not doing well, and I think it's so easy again because of social media. And I haven't been one to ever present a curated image. I always say, let me set the bar real low. So when you meet <laughs> me in person, you're like, man, that Nicole looks good. Like the girl's got potential. <laughs> like, let's keep it down. You know? But the truth is, right? The truth is, you know, but the truth is, like, 
everybody has more things going on than you know because of boundaries and life and also just privacy, right? And I have always shared that my marriage wasn't perfect and that I was always working on it and trying my best. But in my classic fixer-doer style, I was going to stay married. You know, I was going to figure it out. And it just, it wasn't working. What happened was, in the sort of clearest of ways, and I have nothing negative to say about, you know, my ex at all, because one, not my style, but two, like we have these babies together and, and know, it served whatever sure. purpose. It served whatever. I really am so grateful because we grew together yeah. and what matters is that we grew. And that's what I really hold on to. But I will say that what was uh, pretty clear in our marriage was that happiness was a moving target. And happiness being a moving target, if you guys have the same definition of happiness and the targets landing in the same place, can be a beautiful thing. It means you are driven together, ambitious together, and pursuing things together. But if you both have different definitions, then you're never arriving at the same time and then the happiness is disconnected. And that is the best way I can describe it is just when I felt like, man, we've we've landed there, there's nothing I want more than my partner to be in this moment of happiness with me. And I found myself feeling alone. That loneliness wears at you. I imagine my partner probably, my ex could probably say the same thing, yeah. that there were moments where he felt alone in wanting something different. And that's what happened. Three years ago, I'd worked myself to the bone. We were sitting in a multi-million dollar home. We are taking private jet trips to Jamaica. Our kids are happy, healthy, and whole. We just survived this cancer battle. We just made it through the pandemic. But I talk about a specific moment in the book where it's the season finale of my show, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm watching it by myself. And I can feel my heart racing. And my blood pressure is through the roof, you know, stroke range. And I am like, there's nothing wrong, right? Nothing is wrong right now, yet everything is wrong. What is missing? And I couldn't put my finger on it. And I think so many of us feel this too, where we're always kind of like, I still feel this like anxiety, this antsiness, what's missing? And then we just find something else to chase after, you know? And I just didn't have anything else to chase after. I was like, I got it. My babies are healthy and I have everything I need. There's so much money in the bank. What is it? I feel like I have all the things I thought I needed. And that was when I realized that, no, there's something more. And I think what's missing is love. But I didn't know what it was. And in my book, you'll see I didn't grow up with a lot of it in the home. I didn't have pictures of it. I can only know what it is now because I have it. So now that I know, I'm like, truly, without getting too emotional about it, it's really tough because being in love, man, it messes you up. You know, It really does. And I knew love for my children, but I didn't know that mutual romantic love of an adult. But it's helped me understand God better. It's helped me live life with more grace and compassion. It's driven me to have like a peace that I did I just did not know before. I mean, truly, I say it regularly. If I were to go tomorrow, and that isn't a challenge to the Lord, no, no. You know, if I were to go tomorrow, I would have had everything. I am not even 40 and I've lived a full life, full, complete life. I mean, and with this book, my babies have everything I could give them. So the idea that I could reach that point, which was the question I really had in that moment which was, what am I to do next? And now I realize I can do anything, literally anything. Nothing is missing. I have everything I need. And that is even in some of the hardest, darkest, most difficult seasons, I never lack. And that is why I wrote this book. Because if there's one thing I want my girls to know, it's that society, (laughs) an internet ad, 
a friend, a boy, no one can tell you what you lack because nothing is missing. It's just so beautiful and powerful. And I, I love, and I want to just witness this for you, that in everything you shared, the most choked up you got is from the love you receive. But that's mm-hmm. the part of you that goes, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like it breaks your heart because it's grace. Yes. I mean, as I am messy in the darkest of valleys, he's shown up as a source of light, you know, and I don't want to say I was never the one who gave up on love. And if you read my book, you'll know I'm kind of like that. You know, I'm always like, oh, well, there's always another answer, right? So I never gave up, but I just didn't feel like it was something that I needed to pursue the way one would pursue the house, the cars, the money, the job. What was the way in which you felt that it wasn't there? Because on Mm -hmm. TV, it looked as though you guys were adorable and you had inside jokes. And we were like friends. You know what I mean? So how did you know it was missing? I think that you can tell because there is, the word you use that I love to use is grace. For me, love is a prioritization. It is a thoughtfulness. It is a forgiveness. You know, again, it's a lot of things as a Christian that I believe are reflected in the way God treats us. It's this ability to know that no matter what happens, you've got someone who's going to be by your side in the highs and the lows. And that fosters a trust. It manifests in trust, respect, and all those things help you in your day-to-day as a tool. And of course, in any marriage or relationship, those things may vary, but the core love part doesn't. And I think that was kind of where I struggled, you know, and I talk about it in the book more than I have anywhere else that, again, my ex never lied to me about who he was. He is who he is. And when I, we got married really young at 22. That's and really young. It is still. really young. It's not that young. In, like, if you think oldie timey, right? People do. Yeah, but, my mom got married at 22, but it's a different generation. Right, it's a different generation. Yeah. Also, when you think of who I am and all the things that I wanted to do, I'm like, what was I doing locking down at that age, you know? But my ex was great on paper. And that's a great way to pick an employee. Somebody who's going to work for you or be part of a show or an experience or fill in a slot. But people are not slot fillers. And my ex made a lot of sense for me for a partner. But he did not make sense for the level of dreams that I wanted to accomplish. And that's not his job. It's not his job. And that's not fair to him. And it's not fair for me to hold him back for what he wants. You know, if he says he wants you, and this is not what happened specifically, but hypothetically, If he said he wants to sit down and he's in a phase of his life where he just wants to eat chips all day and watch old reruns of Gilligan's Island, like he deserves to have a partner who's willing to do that with him, not one who says, I want to hike to the top of Everest. And we shouldn't have to argue our positions around that. Yeah. You know, and Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. It's all of these things take so much EQ Mm -hmm. to just Mm -hmm. be a witness to. Yeah. It's not easy. I mean, how many people are in relationships right now? Mm And they both feel, both people in the relationship feel so lonely. Oh, so lonely. But they don't have the bandwidth to even name it. Oh, talk about and it. I didn't either. First of all, grace on that, right? Because yeah, those relationships lot. too aren't just marital ones. They're workplace ones, right? They're friendships. Sure. You that's know? so true. It's like that is a standard sort of breakdown yeah. sign, you know, where it's like I'm at work, but I feel lonely. I don't feel supported. I don't feel like I have upward mobility, you know, like that's everywhere. You have a friendship where you're like, I feel lonely. I don't feel support. I don't have upward mobility. These are all very standard things. And I can say that that was where I was, but 
I didn't have the strength or even the communicative tools to say, Nicole Walters didn't have that. Like I talk all the time. I didn't know how to even articulate what it was I was missing or how I felt. But I did know that I didn't want to keep doing what I was doing. And in classic fashion, I quit my job live online in front of 10,000 people. I took these babies in off the side of the street. You know, I signed up for a TV show. If I'm not sure what I'm doing, I am going to cross that bridge and burn it behind me so I can't go back. (laughs) That's how I do stuff. And that's what this was. I literally was like, you know what? I'm going to take some suitcases. I'm going to leave. You stay here. I'll take care of everything during this interim while I'm figuring it out. I'm going to go to get therapy. We just went through a cancer journey, went through the pandemic. Let me see if I can work on myself. And while I was in therapy, I thought I'd be finding answers for my marriage and I found answers for me. And I had to honor that. There was no way I could look back. And so in honoring that, it brought me to where I am now. And I no regrets. I have zero regrets. I mean, it's so important. People talk about representation. It's so important that this story is out there Mm -hmm. because... I mean, Jen Hatmaker is like quoted here. Yes. She's had her own journey. Yes, she has. Which is really important mm-hmm. that those stories get told, especially now. I mean, things are changing so, so much from we were talking about like my mom yes. got married at 22, but now women are breadwinners. Women yes. are providers. Women yes. have TV shows. Women yes. have businesses. Women are helping yes. their kids. And in a big way, like big dollar amounts too. It's not just yeah. like oh, your wife has a cute hobby. It's like, no, my wife bought this house. It's very different. Exactly. And that's been really, really confusing Mm -hmm. and painful and hard for me as well. My husband was a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Your husband's, your ex was a lawyer. Is ex. Whatever. Yeah. The Um, husband. The husband. Yeah. (laughs) And we then changed roles Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of questions and loneliness around Mm -hmm. what does it mean does this mean that we get to stay together do we not stay together and honestly like i'm we're still in the questions of sure which is normal because it's been such a growth spurt and it's so different it happened so fast i mean there's a quote in the bible which i think is really relevant relevant to anyone where they say that you know the blessings can come down the mountains like wine and it'll happen so fast your head will spin Mm. So like that's actually articulated as a thing that can happen. And yep. I think we both can express that if you're even grown up in the age of social media, people are going to talk about this time. It's like when we used to hear about the dot com era, sure. you know, like it's like that where it's like this has happened yeah. so quickly that people have gone from having nothing to something suddenly. Yeah. Why wouldn't all the dynamics change and shift? Yeah. You know? But That's I want to say something happen. so interesting because we've been doing counseling and meeting mm-hmm. with rabbis and healers, like doing whatever we can to be right, like, right. where's north, where's south? Yes. Where li- and this is really interesting because I said to this rabbi a week ago, he's like a healer and also a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I said, so am I really masculine right. because I'm doing all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. And is he now feminine? Like, and what does it mean that I want to be the girl? I want to be the girl in the roles, right? And we all have both of those sides anyway. For sure. And he said, from a mystical perspective, Mm -hmm. the true masculine is a protector Mm -hmm. and a bedrock. Mm -hmm. And the true feminine is a force. Yes. It's like lightning. Yep. And I was like, so he goes, actually, mother lion, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's also something we need to put in the narrative that women, when that they dynamic. are in their flow, in their zone, working, whatever that is, mm-hmm. that doesn't make you not a girl. Oh, yes. That yes. makes you a girl, yes. right? I mean, we have a few cats. They're Persian cats. They're mm-hmm. really cute. The brothers are like sweet and cozy and cuddly. Sure. The girl's like, 
You better watch yourself. You stay out of my pool. Stay out exactly. of my space. You know. Yep. And yep. I mean, she's kind of my fave, but like <laughs> the point is like, she's the one who's a boss. Absolutely. Okay? And Beyonce, that's, our, that's our base level. That's yes. our baseline. And I think that people yes. forget that because we're redefining, we're redefining what it looks like when it's manifested in the world though. So it's like the Bible talks about Proverbs 31, a Proverbs 31 woman. She tends the kids. She mends the soil. She works the land. She makes money. We read that every Sabbath. The money, we read that on Shabbat dinner. Yeah, every it's Shabbat. a real thing. It's you know, a real it's thing. Like, it's, they don't say the Proverbs 31 woman sits at home, gets Botox. They say she runs things. And not to knock the women who sit at home and get Botox, because listen, right, enjoy girl. yourself. You too, girl. Live your life. Look at best. But also, it's not uncommon or unnatural to have the dynamic of being a doer, because that is our baseline. I say it all the time. Even if I have all the money in the world yeah. and all the resources in the world, that would just free me up to do other things. I'd be doing. Like, I'm a doer. You, you know? want to walk in purpose. I do. I want the freedom. Honestly, the whole purpose, money is a tool. And I talk about this in my book, too. So many people look at others who have wealth or have money or have acquired it, and they'll say, oh, well, it changes them, or you just want it for this, or money's all that matters to you. And it's like, no, All that I care about with money is that one, and this is huge, and I hope people hear me when I say this, people who are not good in this world have zero problem getting all the money and doing with it what they will. It is critically important to me as someone who I know money is good with me. When money is in my possession, I do good things with it. I care about it. I, I put it to good use. I do it to advance the will of God and of good things. And so money belongs with me and I must pursue it with the same gusto that people who are wanting to use it for not good things, you know? So because of that, I'm more than willing to get out there and get my fair share of it so I can do what I need to do with it. I want to take it and put it where it belongs. Yes. There's nothing wrong with it. That's really powerful. You know, I heard, I know your bestie, Oprah, she (laughs) said, I love when you do those posts and you're like, we're both holding cabins. I mean, it's basically a thing now. Obviously. (laughs) Same drumsuit. We both partnered. Call me me later, sis. Like, we can figure this out. (laughs) Um, That is so inevitably happening. But I heard her say that every day when she would come down in the dressing room at Harpo Mm -hmm. Studios, she would take the elevator down to the stage. She would just say, God. Use me as a custodian. Oh, right? that's for so all good. of this, for this audience, for this money. Mm-hmm. Just use me as a steward mm-hmm. of what you put in my that's right custody. Yeah, and the Talmud says that money is akin to rain in a garden, whereby if rain falls in a garden mm-hmm. and rain falls on weeds, weeds grow. That ooh. if rain falls on roses, roses grow. That's so, so good. If you look at the world, if somebody has integrity mm-hmm. and they have more of anything, more children, more money. More Wi-Fi. They'll use it for good. They'll use it. Yes. If somebody in their essence is out of integrity mm-hmm. and you give them more energy or resources, they just use it for bad. Because yes. the truth is every hospital has a name on it. That's right. Every theater has a name on it. That's right. Every cause has 15 names on it. And then and people you don't even know. Right. Right. The anonymous who are like, I've spent my True. whole life right. giving. Right. And Absolutely. then there are people who don't have the resources who are just as generous yes. or more generous. So it's not the money. It's the who are you at the core Absolutely. and whatever you have. Yes. What do you do with that? And then if you have the gifting or the skill set to acquire money. So one of the, my giftings is I know that one, when people listen to me, they believe me. And I don't take that lightly. Yeah. I'm very careful about what I say and how I say it because I recognize the power in words. Yeah. I also know that I have a gift to make money. 
I can make money for myself and for others. And so again, I also use that very judiciously. There's a reason why that I didn't exist solely in corporate because I need to be careful who I'm lending this talent to. So, you know, even with the clients I work with, I'm particular. I don't work with just anyone because if I have the ability to make you wildly wealthy, I need to know that that's going to advance the purpose of God. It's going to advance the purpose of good. It can't just be for you to have a Lamborghini to lay on. You know what I mean? 100%. You know, like 100%. these are important things. I've heard that the opposite of depression is not happiness, it's purpose. Mm. And that deep down, we all know that we're here to serve. And yep. when we're not using our gifts, yep. we don't feel good. And no amount of Netflix and chill is ever going to fix it. Yes. So and we I, talk about that in the book a lot too, because purpose is such a it became like a popular word, I feel, sure. you know, like for a hashtag, while. Hashtag purpose, hashtag purpose driven, you know, and it's like, you know, it's true. Purpose is real. But I think that this concept, um, and this is actually a quote from the book, the concept that purpose is a destination is so misleading. Like I need to find my purpose. I've absolutely learned that purpose is the journey. And I Love say that. this all the time because That's huge, what it's you just huge. Because everyone's it's like, well, I can't huge. find it until I find it. I can't right. do it. I'm lost. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And it's like, no, 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 no. I really had to humble myself and realize that, look, girl, if you are someone that you know has a big mission and a big calling, but you are sick right now, your sole purpose is to get healthy so you can get back to the greater purpose. You know, if in the season I need to be with my daughter and what I'm doing is I'm making her lunch and I'm making her snacks, I've had the blessing. And I talk about one of my really good friends, Uh, her mother passed. And uh, one of the things that her mother gifted me with before she left was the phrase that even if I can't do my kids' homework, I stay up with them while they're working late so I can send them my energy. And the gift that she gave me though that is twofold. One, the lesson in and of itself. Being a mother and your presence matters. And that can, if that's all you've got, that means so much. And two, her daughter remembers that. She is a daughter now that has her own daughters who's in her 40s, who remembers that her mother was up with her whenever she, her mother never went to bed before her. Even if she was tired, she might doze off on the couch, but she was still up while she was working on her homework late. And she still tried to make it to her gymnastic needs. And we're all imperfect. We can't do it all. But her mother's purpose was literally to just be her by her baby's side, and she did it. It wasn't some distant destination. It was that moment. That gives know? me a lot. I was at dinner it's last freedom. night with a friend, and I was crying because I said, there's a part of me that feels so guilty because I think most moms have this, I'm not doing it good ever enough thing. enough, ever. I mean, like, I brought my baby here. And I was like, I know you're fine at Miss Kathy's house. She's going to feed you like I feed you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not worried about it. She's a great right. person. But there's also that like, oh my gosh, it's summer break and she's right. not, you know, I she's hanging on her Disneyland. own. Right, yeah. we should be doing activities. But like, think about this. One, our babies just met and they're hanging out, having the moment, cool. doing whatever they're doing, you know, yeah. which is great. And then two, they're going to grow up and have this unique experience. There's lots of kids who go to Disneyland. They're going to have this unique experience of, oh my goodness, our mommies were upstairs doing interviews that we can now watch on YouTube. I remember being downstairs and here's what they talked about. Yeah. And they'll show that to their own kids. And and I, and I think you and I have a similar feeling Mm -hmm. of intention around this because when I was growing up, my mom was really depressed. Yep. And she was suicidal. And Mm -hmm. my parents had a horrible, violent, abusive marriage. And then my dad left and then cheated and he got married to that person. And then he broke up with that person. And my mom was just never able to get out of bed, never able to recover. And she used to tell me like she hadn't pursued her dream My mom because every day. she got married and because she had kids. And meanwhile, then she was so unfulfilled. So for me, it and was you're like, like, you're still alive, mama. 
because we're hardwired different. I'm like, you're still here. What do you mean you haven't pursued your dream? You're still here. Oh, 100%. Go, go, like, go. go. Oh, there's I, go I, I say to her, it's like a taxi cab. You know, the light is either on or off. If it's off, you can't get in. It's occupied. Yes. I'm like, every day you wake up, God gives you breath. You're on. Go to work. You're on. <laughs> taxi's open. Yes. You know what I mean? But yes. For me, it was like when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I knew there is no way around me having both because I will never, it was a cautionary tale. Sure. I was never going to be this sure. person sure. who, who was not able to feel for herself mm-hmm. that she was actualizing her gifts. That's right. I have three girls. You have three girls. Yes, I have three girls. It's interesting. I both know. have three daughters. I know. Three daughters. I wanted them to know. No, you don't have to choose between being a mom. That's right. And whatever God put on your soul. Oh, I'm getting emotional about it because it's so true. It's so true. And then what I love that you're saying is there's just no way you can do it all, all the time. You can't. It's not possible. And hold yourself. To, and I love and when be you healthy do that. And functional. And because our kids need to see us well also. They need to see us. I mean, I've never said this anymore, but I would say this to you in a heartbeat. And your people are so sweet too. But... It was also really important for for my daughters to see me being loved well and see me thriving and not just having, you know, I had a life, I had stuff, but I wasn't living it. And my girls know and believe because they've been with me from when I had $24 in the bank account and I was taking them to thrift stores and crying over $300 for back to school clothes to now where they've been on private jets and they've had experiences that people don't have in their whole lifetime. They've seen both. It's and unbelievable. Kids, it's, I mean, and I've looked at my kids and I've said, look, divorce is crazy. Who knows where I'll end up and all this. And they looked at me and they're like, will we still be with you? And I was like, absolutely. And they're like, all right, let's go, mom. They do not care. And that is such a solid reminder of what it is to be a mom. Because if you're doing it right, your babies know you are home base. And home base can be in a box. It can be in sleeping in the back of a car. It can be, they just know, because they know they're safe. They know they're okay. It's so you big. Know? It totally brought me to tears. Yeah. When you met your fiance, right? <laughs> How on earth did you? I love that it's like electric shocks in the best way. Just he's, thinking, he's such a good, good man. I can't even tell you. I didn't even know God made him like this. When, Sorry to everyone else. I got the last one. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> Enjoy it. When you guys met, how did you open your heart again? Honestly, like, and so rather quickly, I know that mm-hmm. there were many days mm-hmm. where you were like, you guys, I'm not doing great. Yeah. But yeah. then you did this radically courageous thing, which mm-hmm. is you opened your heart to another human being. Mm-hmm. Most people, right? they don't know how to have that courage. I will tell you the moment that I knew I was safe. So we had been seeing each other for about three months. And I wouldn't say that I was guarded, but I was... I'm, I'm naturally an open, vulnerable person. So, and he was doing so well with the care of that. He was very tender with me. And that was special. And because the sort of divorce and co-parenting, all that stuff is ongoing, you know, he witnessed things and just the way he handled me and my love and my patience, like he was just very tender with me. And that was already a lesson. But on his birthday, I threw him a small party. Well, I say small. I mean, he had 30 of his closest friends over. And when these people came over, And I saw that he had these relationships for, I mean, some of them he's known since he was like four years old. And I saw the way they loved him and they showed up for him and they all spoke to his character and the way he loved them back. He has, you know, male friends that he's hugging and saying, I love you so much. Thank you so much. I mean, I saw the way that he, people you can't keep, 
that many people in your world if you're not goodness. And goodness leaves clues and he's consistent. And that's it. I wasn't looking for on paper anymore. I don't need someone who makes billions of dollars or looks a certain way or has certain things. I need someone who does what they say they will do. I need someone that is kind and generous and has respect for God above all things. I need someone who will love my babies as their own and love their future babies as their own. And I need someone who has their own purpose and their own drive and their own ambition and their, and is cares about using their gifts. And he talks about, at least for him with me, that one of the first things I asked him and Kathy were like this, we're question askers. God bless the people who are around us. Like we are like, tell me about your feelings. Are you in your purpose? How do you feel about that? Hundred <laughs> percent. That is who we are. One of the first things I asked him when he told me he's a musician and a producer. He he's trained at Berkeley School of Music. He's very very good. And he said to me, he was like, yeah, you know, I play music and I make music. And I asked him, I said, well, but what do you do for a living? And he's used to getting that question because it's L.A. Like people are like, oh, you're a musician, sure, but you're a waiter, you know, like that type of thing. And so he answered, he was like, no, this is what I do for a living and it's all I'll do for a living. I take a lot of pride out of making my uh, living off of using my gifts. And he said that firmly. And I was like, perfect. Because I had no interest in being with someone who is spending their life still trying to figure out how they want to show up in the world or what the gift is. I want to spend time chasing down the best version of your gift showing up in the world. So that was how I knew that at least, even if it's not going to work, even if it's going to be hard some days, even if we might lack or not have enough, nothing is missing if we know that we're both interested in being in the world to be our best selves. Oh my gosh. You know. And at what point did you feel like you were open to getting married again? I So I told him out of the gate, I was not. I was like, I'm not going to get married again, even though I'm meant to be a wife. Being a wife is my hardwiring. Being a mom is my hardwiring. There's just, I mean, when you come out of divorce, it's a good and bad thing. You question everything, which is a very healthy thing to do. And I talk about that in my book. There are many times where I, I fully questioned everything so I could pull from what I wanted to create the life that I needed. So that's a healthy thing to do. But coming out of it, one of the things I questioned was, am I really meant to be a mom? Like my kids are older. Do I need more kids? How do I feel about that? Because I've never biologically carried. And that was something I always wanted to do. But I was like, maybe that isn't for me, you know? And I I said to myself, am I meant to be a wife? Because this is my chance to decide if I don't have to do that again, you know? And coming out of it, when I met Alex, I was like, oh, this is good for me. It is good for me to be in a union. I will do more when I'm equally yoked with someone than I will if I did it by myself. And this is my baseline. Having a home is something I'm good at doing. And I'm just so grateful because he nurtured that part of me. And I, it I feels like such a privilege to get to be his wife. Like I tell him all the time, like he tells me too, he's like, I can't believe I get to be with you. And I'm like, thank you for choosing. Like, we're so grateful that we found each other because we just know what's possible. It's such a love story. And I love <laughs> the word you just used because really what it is, is it's skywriting what is possible. Yes. It is just a, yes. it's, it's such a striking display of what we can reach for. Oh, yes. And the fact that you did that, I mean, of all the things that you could do for your daughters, mostly. They deserve to see it. And for your you following, know? is like you're stepping into being loved. But it's scary. I got to tell you, it's scary. I went through the whole, will everyone hate me because it, it doesn't look like what they thought it 100%. should look like. Um, and I'll say this here, you know, I have not mentioned this to any man, but girlfriend's talking. So um, this wasn't the book I was supposed to write. 
So the first book was supposed to be a business book. It was supposed to be like... Hard left turn. Yeah, right. Hard left turn. Like, I mean, that was what all the publishers were expecting to see. That was a proposal I was prepping them to receive. Here's a business book. Here's how you build a business following corporate strategy, but being mindful of your brand, blah, blah, blah. And during that sort of window of depression about, gosh, now it'll be almost two and a half years ago when I really saw the divorce impending, like I'd already separated, I was like, this is so out of integrity in this season. Yeah for me to write a book that is just talking about steps of stuff when I don't even know if that stuff matters right now. <laughs> I am such a mess right now. I don't even know. And I was like, I just need to tell the story of where I was and what I've learned. And then we'll go from there. And that's what I did. And oh, I had cool. 26 publishers show up to the book. There was a battle for the book. I ended up signing one of the biggest book deals in 2021. And it was such a, and all that stuff is cool. Cause you know, again, money is just like a quantifying marker. But what it spoke to me was, your story is worth something. I'm a believer that God gives you suffering so you can share it to alleviate someone who's still in it. And that's what this book allows me to do is nothing is missing lets me take what I've survived and say, look, you don't have to do it this way. It doesn't have to look like this and you can still get there. There's so many things to unpack from that. But the (laughs) fact that your story is worth something and all the layers that Mm -hmm. it's worth, I mean, to say that you were about to teach people how oh, to make yeah. money mm-hmm. and that was worth something. Mm-hmm. But then when you decided to have the courage to raise your hand and say, what is actually integrity mm-hmm. is what I have learned that has nothing to do with the piles of things I've right. generated, right. but more of the expansion of who I am. Mm-hmm. You got one of the biggest book deals because right. of that. But story. I was scared. But that affirmation was like, oh, wow. you're living in integrity now all the way. You're leaning into it heavy. Keep leaning, no matter what it looks like. So given that, what do you dream of? What are you dreaming into? You've had a television show. You've been a consultant. You've had your own business. You still have your own business. As you look towards like where you're being called, what do you think your career is going to be looking like? So, I mean, I'm fortunate because I'm in Los Angeles now. Like I have lots of opportunities. I have my own podcast, which is doing really great. And I've got Uh, A couple of TV shows that I'm working on right now with some streaming networks. I'm really fortunate for that. Um, But I mean, the truth is, my book means so much to me, and I just want to get it into as many hands as possible. I don't care if that means I am filling up a suitcase and taking it with me to Ghana, where my parents live, and handing it out. Because I'm aware that a lot of us have self-limiting beliefs around, oh, it's just so easy to look at someone and say, oh, she did it because she has, especially if it's me, perfect eyebrows. (laughs) <laughs> you know, she did it because she's got great skin. <laughs> you know, like, and it's like we unpack all these reasons why it couldn't be us. And I never want to be guilty of that, of being that image of people are like, well, it's different for her because. And it's my fault in not saying all the things. Yeah. So when people read this book and they realize, oh, she did that and she was carrying stage four cancer with her child. She did that. And How all this her? time, I mean, when I think of anything I've ever been through in my life, anything at all. There is nothing that will ever be harder than that. No. Ever. No. You know, and God forbid, I don't, that's not a challenge, but I just literally never. And I can tell you that that's my goal right now is I'm just solely focused on getting this book into as many hands as possible because I have really lived a lot of life and I'm still here, imperfect, but I'm hoping that people can see themselves in this book, take the lessons from it and say, I'll do one little thing to move forward because I have everything I need right now. It's so big. I mean, it's so big. And this is 
really the conversation. It's sort of like the closest thing to you getting to have coffee (laughs) and being the best friend that everyone needs. This is the closest thing to that. Thank you so much. And the truth is that everything that your story really is about is the courage to see what you might not want to look at. Yeah. The courage to dream bigger, the courage to honor yourself, the courage to honor what's really true and not Mm -hmm. pretend like it's not. Mm -hmm. It's all courage. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing is look at the reward for courage. Oh, look at what, look at the reward. I'm here. You know, I'm here and I'm grateful for it. And I'm surrounded by good people like you, Kathy. (laughs) You know what? It's because you're a magnet for that. It's a vibe match. You know, it's like you. you don't know how to do anything other than be loving and present and vulnerable. Thank you. And I think that that's an amazing gift you give people because I, I do think, like you said, people decide what they think it takes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what I see you do a lot, like on Instagram, is you say, okay, we're going to have a heart to heart. Yeah, like, this, this is going to be, be hard. hard so let's do it. You know, let's do it. <laughs> we're going to be in it together, but we can do it. And who really takes the time to not patronize people yeah. and just say like, let's just really talk. Yeah, like my heart is like breaking. You do that. I'm, you do that. We're like team, look, if no one else, we're going to be out here doing what we can. Happy <laughs> we're going to try our best. I'm excited that people turn to you and listen to you because there aren't too many safe spaces. So I'm It's an incredible kind yours. thing to say. When people start reading this book on October 10th, mm-hmm. what, what do you hope they remember to remember yeah. after they read this? Yeah. I think that if there's anything, sure, there's the whole nothing is missing. And of course, I tried to write a memoir with actual tools and strategies like here's your next step. But if there's one thing that I really hope that they take away from it is that they grant themselves some grace. Yeah. It's that we are so deeply hard on ourselves while we're trying to learn and while we're trying to experience and while we're so dedicated to serving others around us. And it's knowing that, look, even if you think it's going to look a certain way, it won't, <laughs> you know? So be prepared to grant yourself some grace and just keep going. It's amazing. And I'm so in love with being here. I feel like I just got a biological upgrade. Oh by, my God. Honestly, just by hanging out. Honestly, it's, Thank um, you. that's something so significant is we don't realize our own self-actualization mm-hmm. when it's real. It's not bravado, but mm-hmm. it's real. It's like Wi-Fi for other people. Oh, yeah. The you then can it. plug yeah. into, oh, my gosh, there's a greater expansion mm-hmm. here because she's resonating it. I would love for people to listen to, like, my last episode and this episode because it truly is. I listened to it, you know, and I was like, man, like, everything I was saying was true, but it was a different wavelength compared. There's an understanding I know I have now, and I'm just excited to see what happens the next couple of years. I'll come back. We'll hang out. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, tell everybody where they can find this. Are you doing a pre-sale or their free order? Yeah. What are all okay, the fun all things? things? So it's available <laughs> for pre-sale now. And I would love for people to grab a copy. That matters a lot. It is important to me. Uh, one of my goals is to make some of these bestseller lists. And it feels awkward to say that out loud because that's not what I love that you're just blaming it. Say. Yeah, people it. don't say it because they're like, oh, well, you're trying to be cool or whatever. No, the reason I want to make bestseller lists is I'm doing this in an uncompromised way. I'm not out here trying to rig the system or be really cool or flashy. I literally am just asking regular folk who are regular like me that are moms that have a dream also to show the world that regular people can make this list too, just as we are. And so 
buying it on pre-sale makes that difference. So you can get it at nothingismissingbook.com. It's available on Amazon. I have a big goal. I want to sell uh, 20,000 books, you know, so if I have to do it out of the trunk of my car, I will, but I would love for you all to help me. So you can grab it. Nothing is missing by Nicole Walters. Okay. Well, we'll put it everywhere. And then you Thank have this you. podcast. You you put, the, you drop the podcast every week. I do. Yeah. Every week, every Tuesday, it's called the Nicole Walters podcast. And it's like this. It's like just chatting. I don't really do a ton of interviews. They're like 20 minute chats. Like, oh my gosh, let me tell you what happened today, girl. But I love your podcast. <laughs> and I was like hanging on by a thread <laughs> as you, because you were so vulnerable taking everybody oh, through this journey yeah. and i was like i reached out to you one moment like i just mm-hmm. listened to this episode mm-hmm. i'm sitting here bawling mm-hmm. you're what you're doing in the book and what you're doing in your podcast is you're putting words to the experiences that people are having alone thank you you're putting words to the tears we have before we walk in the house and we're sitting in the car an extra two minutes because we don't know how yeah to we'll fully express that Thank you for that affirmation because I'm scared the whole time I do it. So I appreciate you. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's amazing. And we'll put links to everything. And I, I just feel like you just gave everybody medicine and nutrition. And you. when you talked about the New York, the, I was going to say the New York Times bestseller, but any yeah. bestselling list, yeah. it's like, when is it time, if not now, for a yeah. girl whose dad was driving a cab? Just regular. Like, yeah, real like regular. All of these people living mm-hmm. in Ghana, like, deserve mm-hmm. to see you. Like we can do it. Regular people can do this. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to do anything. You literally can just do this because you are honest with yourself and you said some of the things that are scary and that did not keep or hinder you from the success that puts you next to the greatest. So it's amazing. And you're trying. (laughs) Beautiful in every single way. It's such an honor. I mean, I feel like when beautiful people walk in the room, you see it, but you feel it, right? It's like the energy matches this thing that God gave you called your face. <laughs> Thank but you. To then the amount of humility you have, that's very unique to you. You're so kind. And you. I appreciate may you. you just continue to like be blessed and have all these incredible opportunities, which you will, because there's no way that something that's that bright doesn't just keep attracting like oh i received that even on the behalf of my babies i'm gonna listen to this on replay because you are so good it's so great you guys are gonna go get this book we're gonna put the links in the show notes nothing is missing book.com thank you nicole thank you for coming thank you kathy (laughs) so great Uh, it was so great to have nicole on here are the takeaways number one it's about the fresh start it's not about how to make all the money or be the prettiest person in the room it's about how to get good at starting over Number two, the reality is that the world rises to meet you and it absolutely provides. Number three, money belongs with you because you'll do good things with it. Pursue it with gusto. Be willing to get out there and get your fair share of it so you can put it where it belongs. Number four, your story is worth something. You were given suffering so you can share it to alleviate someone else who's still in it. Number five, grant yourself some grace and just keep going. Number six, you don't have to be fancy or be a celebrity. You literally can just do this because you are honest with yourself and you're willing to say the things that are scary. And number seven, even in the hardest and the darkest and the most difficult seasons, you never lack. Nothing is missing. You do have everything you need. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. It really does mean the world to me. There are so many good episodes that are coming up. So please make sure that you follow along on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And if you do love this show, then please leave us a review and share the show with somebody. Text them the link or post about it on your Instagram. And if you want to hang out with me once a week, you can come to kathyheller.com slash quilt. And you can join us every single week for spiritual conversations, for breakthroughs, for meditations, for sisterhood, for coaching. It's an incredible place 
And it's been just so soul nourishing, such a beautiful space. I love it so much. Come see what all the fuss is about. Go to kathyheller.com slash quilt and join us. I love you very, very much. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I hope you do have a beautiful and safe weekend.